Welcome to Art Heroes with JPH, where we believe art heals, connects, and galvanizes. I'm your host, Joanna Patrice Haggerty. On this show, I am honored to have some of the nation's most innovative leaders, artists, and creative business owners to share their unique and valuable experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Trisha Tripp, who is the lead singer and band leader of Hearts Gone South and owner of Winter Magnolia Designs, a local design business specializing in murals, custom artwork, and prints. She has lived in Asheville for over 18 years and travels around the region playing music and painting murals. I brought Trisha on to talk about all things art and business, but first, welcome back, my sweet friend. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm so glad to be back. I know, and I'm glad I got to hug your neck last week, too. That oh, felt really great to see you in person and then to also be able to bring you on my show and talk about all that's been updated, because I think it's been almost two years, I want to say, yeah. since I had you on. It was like early pandemic days, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. We were in the thick of it then. Yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. And so normally, as you know, I like to go back to like early days, talk a little bit about how you got where you are. I remember in our last episode, we talked about the name of Winter Magnolia Sam. It's such a sweet story. So I'm going to let people go find that one if they want, because I think there's so much meat to talk about again. Like what has been going on for you the last two years? Tell us. Mm, well, I've I've shifted into fully just doing music and art as my career. I retired from uh, managing farmers markets and now I'm a full-time musician and artist, which is round of applause to that and truthfully when um we met because of bizworks um, mountain bizworks the local entrepreneurial agency i was your coach for a little while it wasn't mm-hmm. even a very long stint but you were really kind of working through that right the music was was booming at some point and then COVID happened and so you were having this internal conversation like what does it mean to go full-time as an artist for you i just want i want to have that conversation <laughs> yeah no i mean it was a yeah, when the bottom fell out of everything, it really fell out of everything. And um, I'd never been in a position like that in my life where I just had absolutely no cards left to play. You know, usually I'm pretty good at the hustle. And if something falls short, I can always shift to a different spot to Right. You do have many lines out in, you know, I was, I would talk to my clients a lot about like having fishing lines in and I I always see you have a wealth of different lines and plethora, but the music industry was what you were pouring most of your heart into and the travel side of it. And so that was a massive shift to have this full calendar go blank. I mean, I just can't even imagine. Oh yeah. It, uh, we were on the, we were actually on the road when everything Um. And, like, everybody was kind of like, oh, it's going to be fine. And I actually honestly was sitting in my drummer's family's front yard uh, just crying my eyes out because I knew it was going to be a long time before. Mm. I just felt it in my gut. But um, we were very fortunate in some ways to um, find new avenues to continue performing once uh people were able to gather again like the venues were still closed but we um secured a grant from one bunkum and um got a 
PA system. And then we started doing farm shows because I had all these connections with the farming community from my work in farmers markets. And so we started doing these outdoor shows in spaces where people could really space out and feel comfortable, but have that community and have like music in their life again and just like feel some sense of like just getting together and yeah normalcy sort of normalcy. I, I was like your abnormal way yeah yeah normalcy I don't know <laughs> and, but um and that hel- helped us through the transition time before it was like people were actually fully going back to music venues and stuff like that. And it also gave us an opportunity to give opportunities to other local businesses. Like we would have chefs come out and, and sell food and we would, you know, and we would promote the farms as well. And it was really something special. And, and from that we've continued to do farm shows um, as part of our season because I love it so much. Yeah, it brought a whole different environment. And that, you know, ultimately, as we've moved through, every industry was impacted. But we do know that the arts and culture scene really had some of the hardest hit for two ways. Because artists were struggling to pay the bills they were already struggling to pay with in some regards, right? First off. (laughs) But also, art is what brings us together. It is what is like the spice of life. And so the void of that not being there, I think really impacted people's mental health so deeply. So I just really honor that you are a hustler, like you said, in the best way where it's like, okay, there are no cards left on the table. How am I going to literally hand sew one right now? Or, you know, like duct tape something together. <laughs> so that we can forward. And I also want to honor that one of the things that makes you so successful in that regard is you balance stepping into the business world better than a lot of other creatives I've seen. And so you mentioned that grant that you got, you've done a lot of grant applying. Again, we met through business coaching. So you aren't afraid to seek the resources that maybe traditional artists think aren't for them. So can you speak to how, like, why did you go get coaching? Why did you think about applying for grants? Like how have you used the business side of your knowledge to benefit your creativity? Well, part of it was when I when I very first started Winter Magnolia Designs, I um, I applied for a loan through Mountain Bizworks, mm-hmm. and it really opened my eyes as to what is available if you if you go out and and try for it. You know, and you're not gonna get everything, and it's a right. it's a big lesson in like rejection and rejection not being. A personal thing like rejection being like that's just not the fit for you and so you just keep moving into other possibilities just because there are places that will fund you and will believe in what you're doing and and even if you are rejected for a grant or something else it's not because they don't believe in you it might just be they have very specific requirements for what they can fund yeah but um but it was a really big, I feel like, um, I feel very blessed that I'm able to do both art and music and each feed into each other for me. Mm-hmm. They teach me different things about what's possible. And um, I realized like 
that I had to start looking at the band as a business just as much as my art business. Mm. Um, because I think that sometimes uh, music is not really seen as a legitimate business because it's such a, it has so many variables in it. And a lot of places are like, Ooh, I don't know. Band. <laughs> yeah. um, and especially after the pandemic, like people were like, Whoa, you know, but um, the fact that like, there's so much, that can be done business-wise with a band to to really boost it and to really make viable income for the people in it. And um, and realizing that, like, yes, I am a viable business and yes, yes. we'll go and, and, like, tell these people I am and tell them <laughs> what my intentions are. And, um, and it's worked out pretty great, you know? Like, I think, like, the big one of the biggest things is like recognizing that you are a viable business it's not a hobby it's not you know it's it's your passion and it's what you do and you have to treat it with the in like the intent and the seriousness that it deserves and right because you're not going to just like get a job and then maybe think about showing up some days you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah I love this concept of what you're bringing to the table for artists and creatives because oftentimes most of the clients I work with will come to me and just be like well I can't plan I don't do this I don't like organization and we have to break through the limiting beliefs that society has fed us society said artists are only beneficial when they're in creative weird headspaces and that's not organized and artists only make money when they die or when the you know, all of these ridiculous limiting beliefs that we have to be willing to break out of and we can be artists as hobbies like no problem I'm I'm a hobbyist artist right but I, oh, yes. I yeah. made that conscious choice because I didn't want to actually focus on having to make all my income come from my creativity because I am a really sensitive person. So I love what you're bringing, this conversation of having to be willing to like put your armor on in the business Mm -hmm. world and say, I'm going to get rejected. People are either going to not like me or love it and still not be able to support. And that has actually nothing to do on my value and worth or the contributions I'm making. And I'm just really proud of you and the way that you speak about that and your music and your art and they like you said they feed each other right you have songs that bring this really bright empowerment to the table you have awesome art that like has wonderful catchphrases and makes people think so let's dive into some of the creative process for you a little bit what is are the new projects on the horizon what have you done over the last couple years that you're really excited to mention either in the band or with magnolia designs um, well, I, I have moved back into focusing in my art um, mostly on murals. I, I'm still doing prints and stuff, but um, I was trained in murals um, in my 20s by one of the building in San Francisco. She was like an incredible muralist that originally is from Harlem and moved to California. And um, I was painting murals for a good chunk. And then I set it aside because I had a lot of other big things happening in my life. And I've just, and then when the pandemic hit, I had just started to get back into mural painting and I couldn't (laughs) really paint murals because the majority of my murals uh, involved travel. And so I couldn't, I couldn't travel Mm -hmm. at that time. But I've uh, 
this past year gotten back into it i got a lot of really fantastic commissions i did a large mural and then some small pieces outside the building at the inca candler library um branch over in um in inca candler <laughs> and, uh, and that's the one with all those sweet forest creatures right yeah and that one was so fun because originally the uh design was a not quite inundated with so many creatures like it <laughs> but it was just the most fun thing because every time I would come in to paint one of the librarians would be like well you know you don't have to but you know it would be really <laughs> cool in there and I'd be like yes and I'd just like keep sneaking all these different animals in there oh. and they did a really cool uh kids project with that I mean it's for anybody but it's uh to the side of the mural they did a like a creature find, you know, and so oh, they like, find like this animal or, and they put little facts with it. And so it, the mural just kept evolving into more of a teaching tool, you know, and it just, it just, I have so much love for that library. They do so many incredible things. And um, that really launched me into um, getting more commissions. And uh, I, did a mural out at Creaseman Farms in um, Hendersonville, out there in Dana, but out in the Hendersonville County. They uh, they had me paint like a a bunch of their offerings that they have, so like giant apples and peaches and blueberries and flowers coming out, and uh, and then from there I moved on to uh, Looking Glass Creamery had me paint these huge massive cow head portraits which <laughs> I knew how much I loved cows until I until I like got to paint them because <laughs> they're the cows from the farm so I was like going off of pictures from them. oh yeah so it was really and they'd come by and they'd be like it looks just like her <laughs> oh that's so sweet and that'll be memorialized no matter how long those animals are around how adorable yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're all on the front of the creamery when you go visit there. And um, I did a little in the patio area at the Gray Eagle. They had a bunch of different local artists too, some very small murals, and I I did a little mural there for them. And that place is very near and dear to my heart, so it was really special to get included in that group of artists. Yeah, what a nice little tie in there. And yeah. So I'm really curious because part of what I've been starting to do is really take these artists and creatives who have found some niches that they're interested in and have made some success off of it. How do you find these gigs? Now, sometimes obviously like one gig can lead to another. Sometimes there's this evolution, but how do you start that process? How do you let people know that you're a muralist? Like, what does that look like? Because again, most people see you as a performer and musician most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's funny because a lot of people know one side or another side of me. And like, Wait, you did that mural? Wait, you did that? Like, in a band, you know, like, or whatever. And I'm like, yes, yes, I have a lot of hats. <laughs> switch out. Um, honestly, well, I have, I've been bad about it, but I've just recently started putting up mural pictures on my website. Yes. <laughs> so I'm trying, I'm trying to like drive people to that part of the website because I, the website is mainly like, um, t-shirts and prints and cards that I have but um, those are starting to slow down and so I'm trying to push people 
to look at the images on the website to see if it inspires them. But also I've done, I've honestly done a lot of word of mouth and um, use my social media and my personal social media. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put out and I'll be like, Hey, guess what? Did you know I paint murals? Maybe you didn't. Here's mm-hmm. all the murals. And people are like, what? I didn't know you painted murals. <laughs> or they do, and they're like, oh, yeah, my friend is looking for something. Right. You know, I love that you say that. I'm going to interrupt you super quickly because, again, I always like to pull out the, like, education tips. But people often think that running a business is, like, creating this thing so far outside of yourself. And what I usually do when people are struggling to get into a new market or sell their a certain service or product is we, we have that exact conversation. Have you told the people closest to you? Have you dealt with your immediate network? Have you put it on your personal Facebook pages? And if you're not willing to put that out there in your own networks, then how are you going to expect any person on the internet to like validate you? <laughs> you know? yeah, no, it's true. <clears throat> just got to keep being like, hey, huh? this is what I do. And psychologically and also in the information age people are seeing such a small percentage of what you put out there so I often think about this too I hate saying the same thing over and over I like to build new content and creativity but I'm hurting my audience if I don't come back to the same conversations because people are missing that information so while it feels a little counterproductive if you're an artist and creative keep that conversation going and the other thing I want to say too is if you're going to make a sale, right, for you, it's murals or a gig or some merch, whatever Mm -hmm. the sale is, does it actually matter if they liked the post that brought you to the sale or not? (laughs) No, it doesn't at all. So, you know, like the the point for me is I really have to look at my sales posts. I know they will like perform less with likes and engagements usually, but if those Mm -hmm. are the things that are bringing people to pay me to do more of this, then it actually matters. So you just have to look at this bigger picture. And I just love that you're so willing to do that and have that conversation and be willing to say, oh, hey, musician friends, guess what? I also do this. Hey, art friends, I also do this and really just keep that conversation going. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so important, you know, because like your people want to, they want to support you. They want to know what you're doing, you know, like, and like, there's there's no like price you can really put on word of mouth and like personal connections where other people recommend you personally to do something and that has been that's been huge for me you know like i mean i definitely you know people asking me and i get gigs from people um seeing that I did something and then deciding they want me to do that as well but but like sometimes just the word of mouth is like the best you the best advertising you could do for yourself like other people telling other people about what you're doing and the only way they'll know is if you put it out there and- if you keep telling people and sharing <laughs> yeah so I think that the lesson <laughs> For the episode today with Trisha is like to just keep going, put yourself out there, regardless of how many cards you feel like are in your deck or not, like just keep stacking it, just keep working and moving through. And I'm really curious, I know we're going to have to wrap up soon. So what are you looking forward to in 2023? What what music, what stuff? I know you've just um, had a awesome music video come out. So what is exciting for 23? Uh, just like the, the band is really starting to take off in so many ways. And 
yeah with the release of the new album and the videos and and um this is like one of the first years i've had a ton of people actually contacting me and uh and yeah i'm just so excited to um keep boosting the band into a higher level and then also bring the art business um into full fruition and and uh keep painting out in the community and in the in the region and um so if people do want to hire your band or you as a muralist where do they go how do they find you uh the band the best is to just email me directly which is heartsgonesouth at gmail.com um and the murals uh my email for them is very long it's winter magnolia designs at gmail.com <laughs> But it's the business name, so you can also yes. have the website or the Instagram or all those other channels, right? And they can always message me through the website as well. That that um, always gets to me and might be easier than <laughs> typing out that whole long thing. I'm sure people can get to you if they need to. And mm -hmm. Trisha, thank you for being here and for just being the true, authentic rock creative that you are. It's really an honor to know you and watch you grow. Oh, thank you. That means so very much. <laughs> of course. And as always, this is Art Heroes with JPH, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please connect by visiting bizradio.us and click on shows or on Instagram or on the web at arthero.biz. We'd love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And as always... Stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.